Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hello, my name is Frank and uh, uh, I'm a, <laughs> let me start over again. My name is Frank and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I forgot who I was there for a second. And um, I'm going to tell you uh, my story of an OA because I have to always include that uh, whenever I speak it. But I'm going to then talk about the tenth step, and the tenth step will be a topic for if you want to talk about that. But you can talk about anything you want to talk about. So first of all, in terms of my weight history, uh, my top weight before I came into OA was 430 pounds. I got to, I was down to 380 pounds when I actually walked in the doors. I got down to my goal weight of 200 pounds within the first year in the program. And then I stayed there for about eight or nine years. And then I started a long period of alternating relapse recovery, relapse recovery. And during that period, I got to a higher top weight of 460 pounds. And then uh, six, 17 years ago, I was um, at, 400, at 400 pounds and I started my current abstinence. And I've been abstinent for, for that 17 years. So, um, so that's the weight history. And just to, to prove it, here's uh, some pictures of me at, at close to that top weight there. But actually, that was probably at my top weight, my little daughter there. Anyway, um, so let me back up and give you some of the uh, background there. I, I was raised in a very traditional re religion, but I converted to atheism in high school because I got really into science and physics and I could prove that God didn't exist because he had violated the laws of physics and the laws of physics don't seem to have any violations. And therefore, there can't be a God. He can't, he can't make any miracles that change the laws of physics. So I, I had to really had a hard bottom in order to come to OA. And the hard bottom was not just the weight there, but I was also, because I was miserable with the weight, I also got into smoking marijuana compulsively and, and getting drunk daily. Um, and then that wasn't even enough of a bottom. What I what what actually started me coming to this program was I became friends with this woman at work. And then for a while, we were more than friends. And then she wanted to go back to just being friends again. And the, it was the pain of that and desperation of that, that nobody would ever love me. And this is my only chance for happiness uh, um, that got me to look for help. And I went to a, I went to, the, I called up, I called up Palo Alto Medical Foundation here in Palo Alto. And I asked them um, if they had any weight loss programs or anything like that. And they gave me the name of a therapist who had come and given a talk there recently. So I called him. He said that he would take me as a client, but I have to go to Overage Anonymous meetings simultaneously. Now, thank God this was before the internet. If I had looked up what OA was on the internet, there's no way I would have come. But I, I looked up the number in the phone book and I and I called them, left a message. They called me back and told me where there was a meeting. So I went to my first meeting uh, without knowing anything about OA. And thankfully, it was a very small meeting. There were like four or five people there at most. And so they let me cross talk and I could ask, how can an atheist work this program? And they tried to reassure me that you didn't need to believe in a traditional higher power, any higher power you wanted could work. And I didn't quite believe them, but somebody at that meeting uh, gave me the A big book and they, they loaned me the A big book. And they said, read the chapter, we agnostics, that might be helpful to you. So I took the book home, I read that chapter and then I was convinced this program was not for me. 
because the only message I got from the from that chapter was that if you stick with us, we will convert you. And I didn't want to be converted. So I I but I had to go back to that second meeting to re return the book that I'd been that I'd been loaned. If it had been a gift, I probably wouldn't be here today. But if they'd give me the big book, but I had to go back and return the big book. And I had a little more dose of pain in the week between those two meetings. And I was a little more willing to believe them when they said I didn't need to believe in a traditional higher power. And so I went to my third meeting on the same day I went to the second meeting. The first two meetings were at noon on a Wednesday at, on, on the Stanford campus. I went to a Wednesday night meeting down in San Jose, and it was a much bigger meeting. There was like 40 people there. And there I got the hope I needed because this man stood up there, and he was a thin man, not just, you know, normal size, but he was thin, actually. And he had lost over 100 pounds and had kept it off for years. So that gave me the hope that I needed because that's like a miracle. So I kind of plunged into the program, but I was basically there for the diet. I didn't really want to do anything about the spiritual part of the program. And about six months into the program, I, a man volunteered to be my sponsor. I didn't ask him to be my sponsor, but he, um, and he had been cut out of the same mold I'd been cut out of. He had, he had over a hundred pounds to lose. He had you know, multiple addictions. He um, came into the program as an atheist. So he was the right one to talk to me about that and help me to work through steps two and three. Step one, I had no problem with. I was powerless over food. There's, you know, that was clear. You don't get to 400 plus pounds thinking that you're the most powerful person in the world that can control food. So I, um, my sponsor, first of all, got me to act, to, to give up the debate. You know, what good did my little proof that God didn't exist do to my life? It didn't do anything at all for me. And so the first thing he got me to do was to give up the debate. And then the second thing he got me to do was to act as if and just pray, even though I didn't think I was praying to anything out there. And so I would try to the serenity prayer and and to my to my horror and disgust, the serenity prayer worked, because if I said the serenity prayer, I usually got serenity, which is usually what I needed, because I was usually trying to change people that I couldn't change people, places and things that I couldn't change. So um, if I said the serenity prayer, I got some serenity. So, you know, prayer worked in that sense. So I kind of plunged into the program. I did my first, second, third, fourth step. The fourth step I was actually procrastinating about uh, quite a bit because I knew that if I wrote down all those horrible things I did when I was a teenager and a young adult, then I'd have to tell somebody about it. And I didn't want to do that. So my sponsor picked me up and took me to this the Saturday 10 a.m. meeting. And he took me there. He said, be ready, I'll, I'll pick you up an hour early picked me up an hour early, took me to the meeting, and then he handed me a notebook and a pen and here, start writing your fourth step. So he wanted me to start writing my fourth step right there with him in the car. What I did instead was I told him all those deep, dark secrets that I didn't want to tell anybody about. And he didn't kick me out of the car. He told me some similar things from his life that you know were comparable to what I was talking about. So I got through the, uh, the fifth step, actually a, a major portion of the fifth step, before I even did a written four step, but I did do both of those and I went on and worked the steps. And I got active in the program. I was, you know, asked to speak at a lot of meetings having lost, you know, over 200 pounds. And I was the chairperson of the intergroup. I was the World Service Business Conference delegate. Um, I, I was asked to speak at a lot of meetings. I was the keynote speaker at a region two convention when it was in San Jose. And um, and so I, I, I um, my ego was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. My first sponsor moved to the East Coast, then I got another sponsor, and then he moved to LA. So I was in between sponsors, and I had my first binge. 
Now, at that time, my my rule was if I go to a buffet like a, a, a you know a salad bar type place, I could have just one plate. And this time, I went to the buffet and I had three plates. Now, the second and third plates were smaller than the first plate, but uh, you know three doesn't equal one. But I couldn't tell anybody about my slip because I had all these positions that required abstinence requirements, and so I had to keep it to myself. And a week or two later, I had another binge and another binge. And finally, I had to admit that I wasn't absent anymore. And I gave up my service positions. And then I, I basically, I kept coming to OA, but I only came, I only came to my, well, the, I most often came to my Saturday 10 a.m. meeting. That was my home meeting. And I went to maybe one or two other meetings. In fact, I would go to more meetings if I was absent. I would go to less meetings if I wasn't absent. Um, and, and it doesn't work that way. It works the other, better the other way. If I go to no more meetings when I'm not accident. But um, I also stopped going to retreats and conventions and things like that because I didn't want anybody to see me fat as I got up to over 400 pounds. And um, <clears throat> and then finally, you know, all I can tell you is that uh, 17 years ago, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And so I... Um, I decided to go to the Region 2 convention in Oakland that year, and I went there, and I was, um, actually, that means it was 16 years ago, because it was when in 2000, yeah, 16 years ago of abstinence. Um, and I went there, and I was actually abstinence from the sat Monday before the convention, because I decided to go to a meeting a day to, um, to get some abstinence before I go to the convention. And then after the convention, I went to a, uh, 90 meetings in 90 days. And then um, after that, I kept up a meeting a day for about three years. And then gradually, it, it came down to less than a meeting a day. And now, well, be, before Zoom, I was actually down to about two meetings a week, which is probably below my minimum requirement. With Zoom, I'm at four to five meetings a week, which I think is about right for me. So I'm very grateful for this program and uh, grateful for Oakland for that, because that's where I started my abstinence. And since then, I've been, you know, I've been staying, I, I lost my weight, it took me two years to lose the weight this time, you know, at age 30, I, I lost 200 pounds in one year, now it took me two years to lose it, but I left it, lost it, and I'm staying pretty close to my goal weight, I'm a little bit above it. And then for the remaining almost five minutes here, I want to talk about uh, the 10th step. And part of the reason why I want to talk about it is I, I, re I realized when I was sitting this down here to think about what I wanted to talk about. I don't do the 10th step as often as I should. So by talking about it, maybe I can get myself to do it more often. And, 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 um, and, and it, you know, the 10th step is described, described on page 85 of the big book, I believe. And I'm going to go through and, and I'll just read the whole, the 10th step. It's only a couple of, a couple of sentences there. And then I'll go back and I'll talk about it in detail. So the 10th steps, 10th step says to continue to watch for, was I selfish, dishonest, resentful, or afraid? God, please remove the defect at once. I discuss this when someone, with someone immediately. And if harmed anyone, I make amends quickly. And I turn my thoughts to someone to help. Love and tolerance of others is my code. So that's the text out of the big book on what the 10th step is. And that, that describes right there. So the first part of it is to continue to watch for. And uh, you know, my career was in software engineering. We had this concept called a watchdog timer. If you wanted to check if some condition um, was being violated, you could set like a timer once a second to wake up and to check for that condition. And if you find it, then you do something about it. If you don't find it, you just go to sleep again for another second. 
that's what I need to install up here in my head. And that's the, this is the hardest part of it. This is the hardest part is to notice when I need to do a 10th step. Um, Cause I can get engaged in, you know, anger or resentment or fear or whatever it is, and just go on and on and on about that. But the, uh, what I need to do is I need to notice it. And that's the beginning of the 10th step. When I begin to notice that, oh, hey, I'm angry right now. I need to work a 10th step. That's the, that's the most important part of the 10th step as far as I'm concerned. Um, so once I notice that, then I ask myself, was I selfish, dishonest, resentful, or afraid? And that's, that's like doing step four. It's like you know, looking, looking for my character defect that's been activated here in this situation. And all four of these character defects come from selfishness and self-centeredness. It's all about me. Um, and that's self. And the big book says selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our problems on page 62. Then the next step is to say, God, please remove the defect at once, whatever the defect is that I noticed. And that's like doing steps six, seven, and 11. It's, it's, a, it's net recognizing that I have this character defect, asking God to remove it because I can't remove it myself. And it's a form of prayer. It's asking God for help. So that's a form of prayer. That's step 11. And, you know, I'm powerless over selfishness and self-centeredness because that's the major cause of our problems. And so that's what I have to do is ask God for help. And then I just discussed this with someone immediately. And, you know, it used to be uh, that I had to call somebody or something like that. Today, it's a lot easier. I can send a text message to my sponsor, for example. And... You know, it, and I used to think that this was an optional part of the program. I thought that if it was not clear whether I needed to make amends or not, I would call my sponsor and talk about it and, you know, make a decision. Should I make the amends or shouldn't I? But it's really a necessary part of the of the, of the the 10th step, just like step five is a necessary part of the fourth step. If you skip step five when you're doing the, the 12 steps, you're not, you're not doing the 12 steps. You're only doing 11 steps. And similarly, if I skip this discussion with somebody immediately, and part of this is, is ego reduction because here, you know, I have to admit to my sponsor, yes, once once again, I, I got angry at my wife and said something unkind. And, you know, that's that's one of my common um, character defects that I have to admit. So it's all part of the ego reduction. That's why I need to do that. Then if I've harmed anyone, I make amends quickly. And that's like doing step eight and step nine. And if if the person disappears, for example, somebody cut me off in the freeway and, uh, you know, I'm pissed off at them and they're far ahead of me now and, you know, I can't do anything about it. What I can do is I can be helpful to somebody else. I can get out of the left lane ahead of time when I see somebody coming up behind me. I can, you know, I can be uh, extra courteous at, at a stop sign or whatever. But, you know, I, I can help pe people in ways like that or I can open the door for somebody when we're going into a, a, a store. I can, I can let, help them, let them go in first instead of putting me first always. And this can also be, you know, 12-step uh, work. You could call, you can make somebody, an outreach call to somebody, anything like that. So, um, and then it says, love and tolerance of others is our code. Oh, my timer just went up. Look at that, I just finished right on time. Um, I do want to put uh, into the chat uh, the Am I Selfish quiz that I think many of you have heard before, but that, that just helps me to remember that uh, selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my problems and root of my character defects, and uh, I'll just paste, post that in the chat. Thanks.